You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. We're talking about tonight the epidemic. It's called the epidemic solution. Now here's the epidemic. We talked about it last Sunday, the idea that 33 people surveyed at the Petco Park over here, 42 claimed to be unhappy with life, 104 people at community colleges in San Diego were surveyed, and 39% said they lack purpose and were unhappy. And then here in San Diego, 9%, 9% of people have registered in the hospital for attempting to commit suicide. 6% claim to go to church. That's 32 point million people who are unchurched. Now, time out, Stephen. Okay, what does, it, what does it matter about people who are unchurched, who don't go to church? Let me show you guys something. I'm glad you asked that because that's the epidemic. The epidemic is the unchurched. Here, this is from San Diego.gov talking about suicide. Although most depressed people aren't suicide, suicidal, but most suicidal people are depressed. Signs of depression include the following feeling hopeless. Helpless, worthless, sad, or empty. Self-reproach or excessive or inappropriate guilt. And the rest of it, feeling angry and moody, excessive crying, loss of interest, avoid friends, change of sleep patterns. But here's the thing I want to point out here. All the stuff on the bottom are external, and everything on the top, the two of them that I highlighted, are internal. The reason why they're losing sleep is because they're feeling helpless, hopeless, worthless, sad, empty, self-reproach, excessive, inappropriate guilt. My friends, tonight, I want to propose to you that this is the epidemic. 9% of people, meaning they actually had done something to them which would cause them to go to the hospital. And they say, why did you come? Because they attempted to commit suicide. That is the epidemic that's not being talked about right now. The last week we talked about the purpose of God for us is why we are here on earth. Why are we here? God uses us to bless others. We're here for two phases in life. We are here because we're praying for a miracle or we're here because we want need to be a miracle. Those are the two things. So tonight, I want to talk about the, the epidemic here. See, the epidemic is people feeling hopeless, helpless, you know, out of control. They feel, they feel a shame of guilt. And I'm not going to ask a question for you guys to answer because we're such a small crowd, but I want you to think to yourself, have you ever felt depressed in the sense of feeling the shame and guilt, hopeless, helpless, and all that stuff they listed on there. And I'm pretty sure we can say yes. We have been there at some point in our lives. Maybe someone watching the broadcast right now, you're feeling that exact hopeless, helpless, and excessive amount of guilt. But tonight I want to talk to you about the epidemic solution. Father God, we pray tonight that you would speak your word to us. And we love you so much, Lord. We pray for breakthrough and may people be healed through this message, through their own epidemic in their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's the solution the solution to San Diego's crisis. The solution is the feeling helpless, hopeless, worthless, sad, or empty, self reproach, an inappropriate amount of guilt. The solution of all of that, my friends, 
is one word, not Xanax. Okay, let me say this right now. We have a doctor in the house here. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Let me just tell you right now. All that is not to actually get rid of the problem. It's just to solve the issue at hand right here, right now. Okay, but the issue, the thing is, is a band-aid. It's to say, you know what, go ahead and put it on there so it stops bleeding. But the, the pills and the this and that is just a, a solution for that's temporal. But here's the thing. One word. Say this word with me. Say faith. Faith is a solution to this epidemic. And tonight, I want to talk to you about faith. You see, people say, you know what, I, I, I don't know about faith. Why, why do we have to talk about faith? Why is faith so important? Why is this thing called faith? Why is this church called Living Faith Church? You know, I asked that question because the name Living Faith Church came to me when I was 16 years old in a jail cell in a juvenile hall. Living Faith Church, God literally called me to the ministry. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be in Hollywood. I'm a superstar. Okay? <laughs> I wanted to be a filmmaker. How many of you guys seen the show, Even Stevens? Yeah? So, you know, I, I did a lot of little kid acting stuff in Disney. Did the That's how my parents helped me a lot. Thank you, Mom and Dad, by the way, for all the acting classes and all that stuff. Did the auditions did the back and forth to L.A. But, you know, I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to make Hollywood movies. I was like, I love storytelling. I love the spotlight, and so I love acting. I'm still I'm such a dramatic kid. <laughs> still kind of dramatic today. But listen, but the Lord in, in that jail cell called me to the ministry. When I heard a preaching on the radio about this guy, his name is T.D. Jakes, on the radio, he preached the word, um, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in every single jail cell, it's a juvenile hall, so the Bible was in every single jail cell. But it was a colorful Bible. It wasn't like a, the very like brown, like you know, very religious Bible. It's a holy Bible. It says God's promises to you. And so I remember that hearing that that guy preaching every single night for like I think a couple of nights. He had a series on "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." T.D. Jakes. He kept saying that, and I wasn't really paying attention. I just heard that phrase, whatever. But one time I was feeling so helpless that night. I said, I look at the book, the colorful book. I says, hey, God's promises, what is that? I open it up, I open up to Hebrews. In the Hebrews, when the New Testament quotes the Old Testament, it separates the text, so it pops out, singles it out. So it says in, that, in Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I was like, what? This guy's talking about that. Next night, the very next day, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen in. What does this mean? He talked about how God will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how much hell you go through, he's there. No matter how much you hide in a cave, he's there. And I was like, interesting. I asked the guards, I said, speak to the chaplain, please. And the chaplain came in, and he told me about Jesus. He told me all this other stuff. And, you know, we have family who's praying for me and all this other stuff, and it was great. But this chaplain told me, Steve, you don't have a dream tonight. I'm going to pray that God will give you a dream tonight. Whatever that dream is, let me know what it is. Okay, he prayed for me. I had a dream. Shamu. I had a dream. A stage. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to be a, a, not a, not a film actor, but a, a stage actor. You know? No, no, no. But long story short, this minister should have told me, you're called to the ministry. And so I was like, oh, interesting. So I told my parents I had to called to the ministry. And long, 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 long story short, it's been in my heart since I was 16 years old in a jail cell. And the name Living Faith Church has been on my heart since then. Our first business that we had, a photography business, was called Living Faith Photography. 
And so living faith has always been in our hearts. And I'm like, God, why living faith? I wanted to call this church abundant life. I wanted to call that grace unlimited or something like that aspect. But it was like still tugging our heart. No, living faith. So living faith. So faith, we're going to talk about this tonight. It's what does faith do for you? First thing is faith produces hope. Say hope. hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith produces hope. My friends, people who are sad, depressed, angry at the world, they have no hope. They say, well, there's no hope for this. What's, what's, I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. That's what, one of the things that, that hope is a big word here. Feeling hopeless, helpless, worthless, sad, or empty. Hopelessness is a huge thing for the epidemic of suicide, of depression, of people not feeling they're living their best life because there is no hope. But back to Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, I want to say this right now about faith. See, people say, well, I don't have faith, Stephen. You see, I'm very, um, how should I put it, intellectual. And I say, that's great. But did you know science is nothing but faith? Oh, some people's eyes are like, what the, what did you say? People, here's, you know, okay, we're watching Big Bang Theory, okay? <laughs> Big Bang Theory, there's a theoretical people who make the theories of different projects. I say, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did that? And then the, the scientist that goes out and actually tries it out. And when they try it out, they say, well, did it work or did it not work? Well, you know, what's called a theory. Can't be proved, but we'll call it a theory. My friends, that's called faith. They're believing in something that's not factual until they prove it. My friends, that's called faith. Oh, well, I still don't believe in faith. I'm not a scientist. Every time you cross the street, you have faith that the car coming up is not going to run you over. I mean, come on. They can, they can do that. They can push the pedal to the metal and you're splat. Okay? That's possibility. So you have faith that the person's going to stop. You have faith that when you order with the waitress, waitress, I want this, 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 this. You have faith it's going to be delivered to you. How many of you guys know sometimes when you go to restaurants, sometimes they don't come in. Oh, shoot, I forgot to put your orders in. How about you just cut your tip all the way out? You know, but it has happened before. And I got so pissed. But listen, we get faith that the wages will put the order in and will. I mean, I don't know about Johnny. Sometimes he'll call the restaurant. like, hey, did you get the order in? Do you have the order? you sure you have the order? I'm just joking. I want extra sauce. Anyways, so listen. Okay, listen to this. We have faith that what we accomplish, what we do, will work. You say, okay, I'm going to drive over to this place, and we have, I, we're looking for a mini fridge for my wife, for Angela. And we, we had faith that we were going to go to Walmart and find a mini fridge. But the guy's like, we have mini fridges for makeup. Like, what the heck? She's for her, her, her meal preps. Anyways, so faith is everywhere. But the thing is, though, is the question is, where do we put our faith in? So faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the evidence not seen. Now, here's another verse. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Faith also and hope, faith, hope that produces vision. You know, I have a vision, the, the scientists, okay? They have faith in certain theory will work. They try it out and they have a vision of it actually working. So my friends, here's the thing. 
people who are suicidal, depressed, angry, and, and helpless and hopeless and all that stuff, they have no vision. If you are saying, Stephen, how do I make my, have my, a little bit more happiness in my life? How do I have a little more fulfillment in my life? The question I have for you is, what is the vision of your life? Well, I want to be mega rich. Eh, you're going to be depressed, sad, and angry all your life. Because making money is not your purpose. Money is a tool. It's a tool. Just as much as your clothes is a tool. My, my purpose in life is to wear clothes. That's probably what you were saying. But your life is more than money. You say, well, I, I, but here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. When you're not making money, then they get depressed. When all their business gets crashing down, they get angry and bitter because their entire life is all about money. My friends, don't misquote me. I'm all about wealth. Okay, I, I used to be a wealth coach. We have business, we're, we're hustlers. But I'm just saying your purpose is not about money. Okay, what do you want to do with that money? I'm going to go on vacation. Okay, you can only eat so much lobster, people. Okay? But where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me say this right now. If you are struggling in your health, there is no vision for your health. If you're struggling in your finances, there is no vision for your finances. If you're struggling in your relationships, there's no vision in your relationships. If you're struggling in whatever you're struggling, ask the question, what is the vision for this X? Whatever that may be. And where there's no vision, the people perish. But if you do have vision, then that's where it'll prosper. You know, there's a question that someone's asked before a long time ago. Stephen, my wife won't submit to me. My wife is not submitting to me. Why not? Well, look at the word submission. Sub means a submarine under. Submission, right? So submarine. Sub means go under. Mission is a vision. So the question I popped to that person was, what is the mission you're having your wife or spouse or whatever come under? If there is no vision for your marriage, there is nothing to submit to. Come under the mission. Submission. Come under the mission. If you don't have a mission in your family, there is nothing to submit to. So that's a big thing there. I'm looking for my team, my coworkers, or my staff to come to what's the vision for the company? And so prosperous companies have the vision statement of what written on the walls. So vision is huge. You'll hear that talked about a lot in this church is vision. Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because of you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. My friends, that is the kind of faith that we need. The faith that says, you know what? I believe in nothing will be impossible. I can accomplish this. God's going to work it out for me. First verse, back to Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. That's the evidence. When you go to court and look for the evidence, what is the aspect that they say, you know what? What is the proof that you have? What is the proof that you have is called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Again, I told you last week, did you guys know that everything in this world is that seen is first birth in the unseen? Walt Disney, he had a dream of Walt Disney World, Disneyland. When Disney had passed away, they, he opened up the park of Disneyland, but they were opening up the park in Florida, Disney World. And the governor of Florida says, oh, Miss Disney, wouldn't Walt have loved to see this amazing park? 
the beautiful architecture, the beautiful colors and the, the flooring, just every little minute detail. And then Miss Disney came up to the microphone and says, you know, with all due respect, Mr. Disney, my husband, saw this park before we saw it. Because he saw it in his heart. He saw, and Disney, my friends, is birthed behind imagineering. What's imagineering? Vision casting. They have a team at Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Corporation, that all their job is to do is to think. Sit, they, they have a little cubicle, they call it think tanks. And all they do is think. Oh, what if we had this ride? What if we had this cartoon? What if we had, that's all they do is think. Their job is to produce vision. My friends, do you know what's crazy is that other companies do this. IHOP, mark my words, you saw on Twitter like two years ago, became IHOB. Have you guys heard of that? Have you guys heard of that? IHOB, they did experiment for April Fool's. Say IHOP is now IHOB, International House of Burgers. They sell burgers, but they weren't known for that. They did that, but they went through the roof, people's response. So now they said by 2023, there'll be all international house of burgers because the small diner kind of thing, this business kind of dying down, but the burger business is going up. But here's the thing, that started off as a vision. What if we had a burger joint? What if we, let's test it out and put it out there. Did you know that Apple, Apple, they have people out there who purposely leak, ooh, I heard the Apple phone has this, the new Apple product has that. And they try to survey what people are saying before they even produce it. Because they want to see what is actually going to work. Once again, vision, ideas, and then they produce it. What is your substance? What is your evidence? My friends say the word faith. faith. Second thing here is faith produces righteousness. It eliminates guilt and shame. But wait, 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 Stephen, question. Doesn't living good and holy produce righteousness? Righteousness like God's pleased with you? Isn't it being good and being behaved a thing that causes righteousness? Wrong. Okay, let me tell you this. Faith is not about what you do. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must come that he knows that he's rewarded of those that diligently seek him. Faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's faith that pleases God, not what you do. He doesn't care what you do. Oh, ho, ho. religious nutcases out there are going to be, oh, what the heck? Okay, I'm busting some religious minds right now. Because people who are religious says, no, 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 no. You have to be behave. You have to be good. You have to be in your best behavior. I'm going to say this right now. We all mess up. None of us are perfect. And we can never attain perfection. I've asked multiple people, why don't you go to church? I can't go to church because I can't live up to the standards people put on me. I say, what standards is that that God's putting? Oh, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Listen, are we to be good people? Yes. But not because we're trying to please God. What pleases God is faith. Say faith. Faith, faith is what pleases God. See, Genesis 15, 6 and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted to him as righteousness because of his faith. Before Abram could actually do anything, God already said, you're righteous. You're righteous. You know what righteous means? You're in good standing with God. You're holy. You're right. You're holy, Abram, just because you believe me. 
That's what faith is. Stephen, I want to be holy. I want to be accepted by God. Have faith. But I can't keep, I can't stop doing X. I can't stop sinning. I can't, I'm, it's okay, just have faith. Because we are flawed human beings. And if we're going to try to say that we have to act a certain way to be accepted by God, that's not Bible. That's not. That's religion. Say, oh, well, you have to you know, say this so many, many times. You have to do this so many times. You have to make sure you, you behave this way. You have to say this. You have to dress a certain way. Baloney, my friends. You have a kid in the room. Okay. <laughs> Baloney, my friends. Pure baloney and ham and spam. Okay, spam's good. Don't touch spam. But it is about the belief and the faith that pleases God. Abram believed the Lord and counted him as righteousness. And that righteousness produced so much wealth for him. It produced so much crops and kids. And he was blessed beyond measure. One of the richest people in the time. He was blessed. Not because of what he did but because he believed. He had faith. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourself, it is a gift of God. My friends, our salvation, us claiming ourselves as Christians, is not because of ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. But it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Faith eliminates guilt and shame. You don't have to worry about what you do because God, as long as we believe in God, faith. Third part here, faith produces breakthroughs. Matthew 9, 29, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. I talked about this last time as well. Listen, I love the secret. I love law of attraction. Uh, we're good friends with Jack Canfield and all those guys who are on that secret thing. Jack Ashes lives around here in San Diego. Listen, before the secret was written, the Bible was already claiming it years ago. It's already, it's the law of attraction. According to your, if you're believing negative, you're believing impossible, you're believing, you know, uh, sabotage, you're believing for dismay, guess what's going to happen to your life? You attract according to your faith, let it be done unto you. According to your faith, let it be to you. So the question is, where is your faith? Is your faith, I will be debt-free this year. Is your faith saying, you know, I'm going to get off of this anxiety medication this year. You know, I believe in for breakthrough financially. I'm going to be wealthy. I will lend and not borrow. What is your faith saying? I used to say this all the time before when I was speaking in the conferences. Whatever you believe is how you behave and how you behave is how you become. Your belief dictates your behavior and your behavior dictates your future. So it all starts with a belief. If you believe small, you act small. And when you act small, your future becomes small. So it's because according to your faith, let it be to you. Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you that if you have faith as small as the mustard, we said this earlier, you can say this mother, move from here to there and it shall be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 13, 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of lack of faith. Listen, this is the way to limit God. You say, how do you limit God? I mean, no, hopefully no one's asking that question. But how do you limit God? You have no faith, lack of faith. 
He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. We can actually put a limit to God in our lives. Stephen, God's not moving in my life as much as I would love for him to. Great, because you have a lack of faith. He did not do many miracles there because of lack of faith. But Stephen, I need to see it to believe it. That's not how it works, my friends. Walt Disney didn't say, let me build it first and then I'll go and announce it to the world. No, he saw it first internally. It was an internal thing. Everything is internal. Before a baby can be born, there's an internal love inside. I got my wife and I'm going to try to have a baby next year. Internally, I've got to get really rallied up. If you know what I'm talking about, that's internal. Okay? Like, like, like a choo-choo train. Choo-choo. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we have a child here. So it has to be internal. You can't see that. You can't see if someone's feeling choo-choo. Okay, that's a new word. Someone's going choo-choo. You can't see that. But they just know internally they have it in them. And then they produce. <laughs> okay, that's right. That's, God wants to do miracles in your life. But if he's not going to do any miracles in your life, if you have no faith. My friends, here's the thing. What does it cost you to have faith? It doesn't cost you anything. I'm going to believe. So you're telling me to believe the wall there? I'm just talking to the... People have told me before, I feel like I'm talking, praying to God, but I'm just talking to a wall. Well, then that's your problem. You don't have faith. You're talking to a, a being, a God in the heavens. But if you just say, you know what? I'm going to believe that there's God of the heavens and it's going to happen. Watch what happens in your life. Watch what happens in your life. You know, as children, we believe at one point Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, we had all kinds of beliefs. And of course, should we find out it's dad who put the coin in the, the pillow? It was, the, you know, Santa Claus is some dude being paid minimum wage in the mall. You know, it's like, so we, we later on find out the truth and ends up having disappointments. And then junior high and high school happens, we say, oh, you, you know, you ask the kid what you want to do when you grow up. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a this. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. They have so much ambition. You ask a junior high, high school, what do you want to do? Yeah. Life has been pulled out of them because they lost faith. Disappointment to disappointment. He did not do many miracles because of lack of faith. So how do we get faith, Stephen? How do we get faith? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you and I belong to church. We get faith by church. We get faith by going to church. By hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. My friends, that's the simple truth. Is that we're here to build faith in the people. If faith will produce for someone hope. And it will end up tackling their epidemic of hopelessness and doubt. If feeling of hopelessness, helplessness, worthlessness, sad, empty. Feeling of guilt and shame. If we can solve that problem then all the other stuff will go away. And guess what? The 9% of people who committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide in 2018 would go much lower. And guess what? Their stats are not fully done yet, but they said last year the, the rate went even higher because of the epidemic of isolation and coronavirus and all losing jobs and all helpless, hopeless. And faith produces hope. My friends, maybe you have co-workers, friends, classmates, neighbors who are dealing with the stats of hopelessness, helplessness, 
You and I know people who are dealing with this stuff. Maybe you right now watching or in this room are dealing with this stuff right now. My friends, the solution to this epidemic is faith. And how do you get faith? Once again, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how you get faith. That's how we solve this epidemic. So let me tell you this right now, my friends. Who are you going to be helping this week with this epidemic? We talked about this last week. You and I are meant to serve another person, to serve you. We are God's handiwork. You are someone's hope agent. So the question is, whose hope are you bringing? Who, who are you bringing hope to? Romans 10, 14. So then how can they call to the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear, faith can be hearing, without someone preaching to them? What happens in living faith church or any churches is instilling faith into people. If you say, oh, I, want, I don't want to be depressed no more. I don't want to deal with hopelessness, helplessness. I don't want to deal with the negative thinking. thinking. Get your body to church. Be part of the body of Christ. And if you're not in San Diego, join a local church. It's important because faith comes by hearing. But how then can they call one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? My last verse here is actually a lot of passage. Mark 2, 1-12. A few days later, Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had been come home. They gathered in such a large number, and there was no room left. Not even outside the door. He preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the man as he was lying on it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts and said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I say, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. He got up, took up his mat, and walked home, and few view of them. They were all amazed and started praising God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I want to focus on verse here, verse 3. So again, the story is, everyone's crowded around Jesus. These four men had a friend, a homie, who's on a mat. So imagine there's four of them picking him up from each mat, each side. They try to go in the room, like, oh, this guy is viral. He can't, we can't get to him. So they go to the roof, and they dig a hole through the clay roof. And they bring this man, the, the, the paralyzed man, in front of Jesus. Verse 3. Some men came bringing a paralyzed man carried before them. Since they could not get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening on the roof above him by digging through it. They lowered the mat and the mat was lying on. Verse 5. Here's a big one. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, 
selling their sins are forgiven. When he, when Jesus saw, not the man's faith. The Bible here doesn't talk about a man's faith. He saw the faith of his homies who are carrying him. Jesus saw the faith of the friends who are carrying the one who needed the breakthrough. So can I say this? When you fill out these cards, you may not have faith. You may not have faith in any kind of God. You may not have faith that this will work. But this is what the breakthrough cards are about. You're that paralyzed man who filled these cards. If you're online, we have, we'll have an online form for you to fill out our prayer requests. You may not believe or have a hard time believing. But all you got to do is fill these cards and let our team believe for you. And Jesus will look at you and say, you know, because of their faith, because of Angela's faith for you, breakthrough is on its way. So you may not have faith, but the scripture here says, Jesus saw their faith and said to the paralyzed man, who probably didn't have any faith, your sins are forgiven. Now pick up your mat and walk. My friends, who are you having faith for? I bring this up to you like miracles. You're in two worlds. The first world is, you have faith for other people. Or the second world is, you're needing people to have faith on your behalf. No matter what side you're on, Living Faith Church is a church of faith. So I want you to know this. This epidemic that we're dealing with of hopelessness, helplessness, the antidote, the answer to that is faith. I challenge you. I challenge you. Oh, I don't believe it. Okay, I challenge you. I challenge you to have a little bit of faith and watch God work miracles on your behalf. The question is I have for you is this. You may have friends and family who are going through so much heartache and breakups and, and they're in pain emotionally. Bring them to church. I promise you, when you bring them here, they're going to receive so much faith that they're going to believe this mountain shall be moved. Who are you believing for? Maybe you are needing someone to believe with you. Maybe you say, I don't have any faith. How can I believe? Then okay. You're in the, the side that says, I need people to have faith for me. And if that's you, that's okay. Fill out a card, and we're going to lower you to Jesus. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe for you. That's what these cards are for. You're the segment of you need people to have faith for you, or you're ready to have faith for other people. Don't leave here tonight without making a commitment in your heart, God, I'm ready to have faith in you. Every eyes closed, every head bowed. Tonight, you're in that segment, you're in the two camps. Stephen, I have faith, and I'm believing for the miracles. Stephen, I don't have faith, and I need someone to believe with me for my breakthrough. If tonight you're in any of those two camps, let me tell you right now, first and foremost, it starts a relationship with Jesus. Having faith is great, but scientists have faith. Walt Disney has faith. But the question is, is do you have faith in Jesus? Every eye is closed, every head bowed for privacy purposes. If you're here tonight, you say, Stephen, I want 
to start my faith or maybe restart my faith with Jesus. Will you look at me just wink at me? Amen. I see you. So right now I pray. Everyone pray this prayer out loud and say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I start this faith journey with you tonight. I believe in the miracles. I believe in breakthroughs. And right now, God, I claim that heaven is my home. God is my Father. I receive your forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I love you, God. Father God, for every person who's hearing the sound of my voice right now, Lord, I pray that faith begins to rise up within them. That we would see the mountains move. And God, that we would be people who would start offering the epidemic solution of faith to a hopeless, helpless, and shameful world. We thank you, Lord, that you can use us mightily. And tonight, we claim it that this is the day it starts. We love you, we honor you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.